well. It's been a while for us. My name is Kevin, and with me today is Walter. We are the Horus. I've changed. I boy, I got to go back and listen to how we did the original intro, so we can be consistent. I don't think we ever nailed it. It was bad bad across the board. (laughs) That that was maybe the worst one we've done so far. So, do you you want to explain to the people why this episode's uh, a bit late, Kevin? Do you um, do you have something you want to tell the fine folks? So I thought we were watching Halloween. Yeah, and uh, I watched Halloween, and when we got ready to record, I was like, "Okay, I've watched Halloween. Are you ready to record?" And Walter was like, "I'm pretty sure you picked Hereditary," and so poor Walter had to go back and listen to the most recent episode to confirm that I said <laughs> Hereditary and not Halloween. Yeah, that, that's a, a kind editing of of what I said. I'm pretty sure that I, I said uh, you said Hereditary, you fucking idiot. <laughs> But at least now we're getting the next movie out of the way. Uh, That's so right. Listeners yeah. know after, as soon as they're done listening to this one, they can throw in Halloween. Yeah, give we're that a Halloween watch. next. <laughs> but yeah, so, so I, I watched this movie a month ago. Uh, got some notes, but it'll be interesting to see. See, the tr- the trade off is, is I watched Halloween a month ago, so yeah. I'll be that movie will be very distant in my mind when we record that episode. So I we'll feel see like how that works, works out. out. I'm, yeah, I'm curious. So I watched Hereditary Halloween Night. Uh, I, I watched it in like the, the morning as well that day because because yeah. I was just <laughs> a, like, a good morning watch. <laughs> this movie, yeah, wonderful way to start your day. So um, it's an A twenty four film. I've seen a bunch of A twenty four movies. I have yeah, some you've been on a kick with them lately. I have some critique of A twenty four that we'll probably get into later. I think that if I had seen this movie when it came out, it would have been a lot more successful of a movie mm-hmm. for me than seeing it now. It, I was think, this your first time watching it? Yeah, it was my first time watching her. Oh, I didn't realize that. So I think that overall, I did not enjoy this movie. I wouldn't say I really strongly recommend it. I think the last 20 to 10 minutes are great mm. and work really well. But I think everything else in this movie is just the pacing, especially is just, ugh, I, yeah. <laughs> I, I the first hour of this movie, I was really struggling to enjoy it. Yeah, I uh, this is I believe the third time I've watched this movie. Um, oh, cool. I, I watched it probably when it first kind of came to home media, and I happened to watch it earlier this year, uh, just coincidentally. Um, so and then you picked it again. Ahead. I was gonna uh, say, go ahead. Yeah, something I've heard a lot about this film is you need to watch it multiple times to really enjoy it, and that's just I don't. I feel like that's a really shitty way to defend a movie as good. Like, no, no, you just, you got to watch it six times to really yeah, get it. I, I do find that as uh, kind of a frustrating uh, uh, way to defend a movie. I think if, if you say a movie, like you can find, there's like more to find, there's more nuance in it. Like you can, it can be a richer experience on rewatches, but I think the movie needs to be good enough on the first go yeah, 100%. Uh, to to kind of justify that uh, that interpretation, um, but I, I do want to say I enjoyed this movie uh, the first time I watched it, and each subsequent time I have enjoyed it more. I, I do think it is one of those ones that uh, I kind of is. Uh, there's a lot of like foreshadowing weave throughout it, and you pick up a lot more on that. Um, I got to re- on this recent watch, got to really kind of focus on the performances. Um, and and the characters in it, and so it it is one of those things that I think gets richer each time. But I I can't guarantee that you like you're gonna watch this again next year 
and be like, now, now I get it. I don't think there's going to be like a light bulb moment for you or anything like that. I mean, there were, there were a bunch of scenes in it that just felt very out of place as well. Um, I, I kind of want to roll through my notes kind of yeah. directly let's, here, but I do want to jump a little bit ahead and talk about the funeral scene for grandma. Yeah. There were things I noticed when I was watching it, like, you know, the creepy bald guy staring at the daughter. Uh, yeah. Just, it seemed like a lot of people were paying a lot of attention to the daughter mm-hmm. in the funeral scene. A lot of the adults were, and I was like, oh boy, she's 100% going to get molested by that dude. <laughs> and uh, she doesn't. She does know, not. Spoiler yeah. alert. No, but at the, no at the same time, this movie. at the same time, and then like the mom's whole speech about like, oh, there's so many of you here, even though it seemed like my mom didn't know a lot of them. Like, oh, there's something going on with why all these people are here. Yeah. <clears throat> and it's just, it's something that, I think it is just like an A24 thing where, like I said, if I'd seen this movie before I watched a bunch of other A24 movies, the kind of twist ending would have worked better because mm, the movie yeah. is titled Hereditary. There's a lot of indications early on in the film that the mom's crazy <clears throat> and yeah. that the, the daughter's crazy as well. And I mean, one of my first notes is about the 13 minute marker is the mom is insane, just like her mom and her daughter. And towards the halfway point in the movie i'm like oh mom's not insane the cult's real or, or there's something going right. on mm-hmm. and so it's just like i said it, it just feels like with a24 their movies are very predictable something mm-hmm. i like about a24 is i do think they have a good aesthetic choice for a lot of their films there's a lot yeah. of things in here that really work like i loved all the sets for this movie all the sets were great mm-hmm. something i enjoyed was just like looking at wallpaper in backgrounds <laughs> just because it, it it does feel like there that is, is the a lot saddest of, fucking sentence I've ever heard. <laughs> I mean, there there is a lot there with like the wallpaper choices in every scene being so busy. So it's like mm-hmm. I was trying to look for little clues in the scenes when I was watching the movie itself. And that was something <laughs> yeah. that it, it just seemed like if you're gonna have such a busy, like bright colored wallpaper, it's like that seems like a very obvious place to try to hide something. Yeah, that makes sense. And and there's a lot, I I think there is a lot uh with the, the dollhouse motif. Yeah going on to it so i think you could i think this movie is definitely something where you could if you pick apart the sets could really find something uh that they were getting into with it so it's not completely asinine that you're into wallpaper well and you know my first note in the film is uh cool zooming into the dollhouse i'm sure these dollhouses will be important later in the film and that's something that maybe I just don't realize the significance of them because I have not seen the movie three times that I, yeah. I can't look at the dollhouse like, oh, there's in the kitchen scene in the opening shot of the dollhouse, there's a something giving away what happens later in the film or, or something. So what what is the deal with the dollhouses in this? Uh, I mean, my interpretation of it is uh, that the characters are basically, they're being treated like dolls like by the grandmother. They are being moved about uh, yeah. and following these roles. So I, there might be a deeper meaning to it and there might be more like subtle hints uh, in, in kind of the dollhouse scenes, but I think that's the big takeaway from it, especially with that opening shot where it zooms in on the dollhouse and then becomes the real world. And man, the next, I, th- I think I only have one silly note in this whole movie. And the next note is, I think my only silly note in the movie. And it's unfortunately ugly kid when we meet Charlie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And it was just, it was just something it's, that it, it's hard to get over when you're watching the film. I think, I mean, I feel like there's an obvious reason why they cast her that actor to play Charlie. Mm-hmm. I think that it ties in with them later on in the film, talking about how the wrong child received Pyman's spirit. 
And I think that is why she is like kind of this odd and twisted child that she is the product of a failed ritual. Yeah, I think she's she's supposed to be. I think they chose an actress that has the appearance of uh, being other yeah. and, and just kind of uh, already stands out from the crowd. And but I but I think still uh, has a very sympathetic air to her, like even yeah, though she like sure. cuts off a bird's head, which I always forget about. Um, she she's you very much like care for Charlie and like are concerned about her well-being. Well, I, I think maybe we do because we're mostly empathetic people. That's possible, <laughs> I, I think yeah. that I think that as kids who maybe were bullied, uh, mm-hmm. you recognize like, oh, this kid 100% gets bullied at school for being weird. Uh, and so I do think you do feel some sort of like connection, like, man, you know, I feel bad for Charlie because it's yeah. just like her not wanting to go to the party, her wanting to just spend time by herself. It really does feel like there's a sad air about her being so attached to her grandmother. Yeah, that when... When she's being like kind of told to go to the party, that really hits me hard, which is like, no, I just don't want to do that. Like that's it's so outside of her comfort zone. She knows she won't enjoy it. It's, it mm-hmm. My heart really hurts for her in that scene. And about that scene um, where she's getting ready to go to the party, I noticed that the parents are trapped in like a totally loveless marriage. Like, oh, yeah, I never got any sense. I didn't even get a sense that the parents love their kids. I, I, I mean, you pick mm-hmm. one up later on in the film that the dad really does care about his kids and the family, but the mom is totally checked out to lunch. <laughs> she, she's obsessed with making her really shitty dollhouses. Yeah. I mean, I, I think to some degree that's supposed to be they're recovering from because uh, the grandmother was living with them and recovering from that loss. Yeah. Well, uh, and it, it sounds like the grandmother was torturing them. To yeah, yeah. And so I think as well. I think it's just like it's things have been very strained for quite a while and they're sort of recovering from that trauma of it or trying to and then things get even worse. And you know what? I lied. I have another kind of silly note. About <laughs> okay. 30 minutes in, I have a note that says I'm so fucking bored. Mm. Yeah, I, I this movie is very slow. I, yeah. I cannot defend that. Well, it, it, it's like I said, with A24, I feel like they really love to have these slow movies that slowly spiral into madness. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I think this movie is really trying to build dread more than like horror necessarily. Like it, like something's lurking in the back the whole time and you're not quite sure what it is. And even at the end, like it, it, I guess it does pretty clearly explain what's going on. And but we like, get a lot of right up until then. Yeah, we get so many little hints of that too throughout the film, like the little ball of light that's flying around. Mm-hmm. Uh, characters are noticing the Charlie's popping mouth sound uh, appearing after she dies. There, there's all yeah. kinds of hints that something isn't quite right. Um, and they do work, I think, to scare you, but they feel more like jump scares than mm. anything. And it's like, I don't know about you. Jump scares do occasionally scare me. I will jump sure. jump scares. Yeah. I, th- I, I think, think it's does. human nature. Yeah. But it's like, it's the lowest form of like a spook for somebody. I think. Yeah. I think movies that rely on that a lot or build up to that a lot, I think are bad. I, I feel like in this movie, it, it, it's kind of low level, the jump scares. It's not, the, I, I think like the scenes aren't framed around the scare, those jump scares, which I think is an important distinction. Something else that really bothered me about this movie is apparently the daughter has a lethal allergy to nuts. Yeah. But she doesn't carry an EpiPen. Yeah, that is. And her family seems rich. Yeah, I I think her dad's a doctor. Yeah, I never got the family that the family's like really struggling to make ends meet by selling mom's dollhouses. Yeah, EpiPens are disgustingly expensive in America, but 
it seems like they would be able to have one on hand at all times. Um, it's it's crazy that that wasn't that's not something that's just always in her pocket or like in the car or anywhere or even that like the brother kind of knows how to deal with i guess he was kind of high so i'll give him a pass but uh i speaking of her charlie's death which spoiler alert uh you should have watched this movie before we started talking about it yeah um, my, <laughs> my note on that is blessed light pole <laughs> oh, oh brutal Brutal. Um, I was I, right not to like Charlie in the beginning of the movie. I'm just going to say that, <laughs> that she, she was a vessel for evil. So, Right. I mean, it was thrust upon her, but <clears throat> excuse me. Um, uh, yeah. I watched, first watched this movie. It was probably like 2015, 2016, whenever it came out. Uh, and was kind of like, yeah, it was a scary movie. And now both times since I've rewatched it, I've become a parent, and Charlie's death fucking wrecks me every time now. Uh, when uh, Tony Collette's character is like uh, wailing and talking about how she want, just wants to die, like I cannot handle that scene anymore. So that's and maybe that's part of why I connect to this movie more on rewatches, uh, and why your closed off dead black heart can't do as much. Um, <laughs> uh, but it's, there is that sense of like, I, I can't imagine a greater loss than uh, a, a child. And I feel that more since having See, become a parent. You've never been really stoned and had really <laughs> bad munchies and you dropped a plate of hot dogs in the trash accidentally. Oh, that's, in the trash. Oh, no. that's loss. That's sorrow. Just seeing them there, and you're just like, they're not, they're not that soiled. I can still eat them, right? And it's I just thought like, you were gonna say on the floor, and I was like, you definitely eat those fucking hot dogs, Kevin. But in the trash, that you know what? My my son's death <laughs> has moved down to number two of my greatest fears. Now I just want to make hot it, dogs directly in the trash. I just want to make it clear to the listeners: his son is not dead. His son is no, yeah, he's doing great. He's he's doing my uh, the hypothetical death. My, I don't want to talk about this anymore. This is terrible. It's just so, to say that that scene is very affecting towards me. And you're no, a fucking monster. Um, something something about this movie is man, mom really sells the death of the daughter though. When Charlie yeah. dies and you get the scene of the mom reacting to her death, I never felt like the mom really gave a shit about Charlie. But I think it's mm. just I feel like she's still trying really hard to grieve her mother. And that's why she comes as like over the top wailing about her kid's death, yeah. the way she does that. She's trying to make up for not feeling bad about her mom dying. And man, I really like the dinner scene uh, later on in the film where the mom and the son are arguing about who's more responsible for Charlie's death. Yeah. That's and a great scene. I, what, what is your opinion on that? Who do you think is more morally responsible for Charlie's death? Oh, I, oh, that's tough. Um, yeah, I bet. I mean, I my my gut reaction is the son because I feel like he probably he he should have kept a better eye on her at the party. But it's it's, I mean, it's it's one of those tricky. No one's like clear. It's the grandmother's fault for setting this thing in motion. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I so I, I choose door number three. But yeah, um, my my note is that the mom killed Charlie by forcing. Uh, the brother to take her to a party that he didn't want to take her to. I thought it was like pretty clear when he's telling his mom about this party that he's like, 
mom, I'm going to like a high school, we're going to be partying party. Yeah. And he, I mean, he couched it in a way that there's enough kind of leeway and deniability in there that he could wiggle around it. But yeah, he, I mean, he does like insist that there won't be any drinking there. Um, and yeah, I, I think the mom is certainly distracted by the the passing of uh, her own mother. Mm-hmm. Um, well, in the, yeah, yeah I, yeah, I think so as well. I think she was really trying to find grief for her mom. I mean, that's that's a big scene that we get when she goes to that meeting is about like, hey, you know what? My mom died and she had a hard life, but I just don't feel sorry for her. Like, what's wrong with me? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I want to <laughs> circle back for a second to uh, you not you didn't feel like uh, she cared about Charlie. I I read it as like uh, she's very frustrated with having to take care of Charlie, like for however old she's supposed to be is like 12 13 years maybe older um but like and and exhausted from doing that and then like emotionally exhausted with her mother with her husband with her son and all this thing and and charlie's takes special care so i think there's still like she unconditionally loves her on ever on like the deepest level possible um but on the surface like she's just so drained from having to deal with it. You know, I just want to point out mom does not have that bad of a life. She's a fucking doll housemaker for a living. Like <laughs> that is the wealthiest white person stay-at-home mom this job I could basic. think of. She is, yeah. yeah. The the only thing above that is her being like, uh, I make artisanal pies. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I she has, I mean, she got to turn her hobby hobby into a career. We should all be so fucking lucky. Uh <laughs> yeah. It, once again, if this podcast could start earning me six figures, that'd be just, mwah. but uh, I'd be not, happy if I'm we just covered for that. I'd be happy if we just covered like this a uh, uh, Hulu subscription. You know? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like I've got to re-up my shutter next year. Yeah, <laughs> this button. I'd be I'd be very happy. We we gotta start getting those mattress plugs. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of which, I know we're usually pretty tight about not doing tangents, but what what is the one? uh plug you always just hate hate oh, hearing in your in, podcast. In podcast yeah uh mattresses definitely get me that yeah that may be it uh i a lot of my pack podcasts lately they've been uh pushing the amc streaming service mm-hmm. i'm just like i don't give a shit about you amc i don't care i have shutter already so you've got like all the things i want are on there i dropped off the walking dead like 17 years ago stop bothering me with this shit i'm very thankful for the uh skip 30 seconds button yeah that's whoever gave that uh invented that needs the nobel prize because that (laughs) shit is a life changer uh i i hate it when it's like cryptocurrency read and it's like Mm. a podcast it's like all about like uh, being a thoughtful person on things and like and um we're gonna plug our cryptocurrency sponsor (laughs) here and i know we usually talk bad about these things and say that they're a scam but uh, this is why this one's different well, these like, folks Ugh. are paying us in real money so <laughs> <laughs> yeah so i just yeah i i it, it would be funny to have reads if we're gonna eventually ever do reads i would rather turn them into comedy skits of some yeah. sort than us just like being like casper mattress oh uh, man i'm I'm so interested to see if we're going to sell out and like how quickly I, I know we are, but like how quickly we would do it. It would just like uh, AMC plus. 
the company the company we should be proactive in reaching out to to see if we can get a read is blue chew the dick pill company because <laughs> i i feel like that's one like if you're getting reads from a dick pill company you have to turn them into like some sort of comedy skit yeah <laughs> if they reject our ad rates for being like too comedian like cut sir yeah. sir <laughs> we, and we have- i don't know i don't know who i'm speaking to but i know it's a sir We'd have to find a way to work in a question for the movie being like, when would you pop your blue chew during this movie? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but anyways, coming, coming back to uh, hereditary after that, that little tangent they did there, man, that seance scene uh, worked. I thought the seance scene was good. The acting was good. It mm-hmm. really sells it. And there's enough kind of deniability when it first happens yeah. uh, before she pulls up the chalkboard and you're just like, Oh yeah, this is a world where ghosts are real. Um, <laughs> yeah. That that you are like maybe the mom is crazy and then as soon as D- Danny or whatever starts writing to the truck you're like oh no it's an A twenty four movie ghosts ghosts have got to be real we got to make this explicit for the the folks at home yeah but it, it I feel like that's an interesting misdirect because we're it's it's not really clear if it's really Charlie talking to them or not well I'm, I'm talking about the first seance that she does with Joanne oh oh yeah yeah, yeah. at Joanne's house. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so since you've seen this movie a couple of times, was there any significant to the format uh, of how Joanne's they... like can crocheted format by? Uh... Oh, the format. Um, I think it was just that her mom had a similar one or something like mm. that. Uh, yeah. And then I, I, yeah, I think the mom had a similar one, and it, I, it, that reminded me of the ending where uh, uh, the uh, Tony Collette's character finds the mom the grandmother's uh like photo album that's just like all of her pagan shit and like hanging out with joan and like hey we're evil together (laughs) i like to imagine since they were like a cult led by an old lady that they were evil but they had uh, amazing charcuterie board (laughs) the charcuterie was off of the chain they had like nice freshly baked pies that were warm they're like you know, we might worship uh, one of the lords of hell, but yeah. we're going to have some good snacks while we're doing it. I, I feel like there's two members who are only there for the food. And they're like, <laughs> we can look past some stuff because these finger sandwiches are so fucking good. I, like like, to imagine, it's, I know what the ingredients are, but something about how they put it together. I like to imagine those two members are also skeptical of the cult the whole time. <laughs> yeah. And then at the end of the movie, when it's like the, you know, the group text is going out like, Hey, we're going to murder that family. Paimon summoning tonight. And they're just like, <laughs> show up like naked a, in the woods. <laughs> this is like a murder theater thing we're doing, right? It's like a joke. <laughs> yeah. Boy, that decapitated body looks really real. Oh no. <laughs> oh, what have I done? Um, I don't know if I could, I almost inadvertently joined a cult once, I guess. I, I don't know have you ever been in that situation no and i need to hear every detail about yours now <laughs> so when i lived in seattle there was a girl that would get on the bus sometimes uh mm-hmm. at the same stop i would in the morning because I, I had to be to work at seven in the morning so i had to get on the bus at like 5 30 and so usually we like just make some chit chat and visit a little bit and one day i was just like you know hey you seem pretty cool one of these days do you want to get you know meet somewhere other than the bus stop do you want to get a beer or a coffee and so she gave me her number <clears throat> but um, her immediate text that I got from her was about uh, finding my financial freedom and spiritual success by coming to a meeting at this place. And I was just like, Oh, Oh, <laughs> <laughs> one of those. Yeah. And so oh, I, I, I looked it up and it's like a weird 
financial yoga cult. It's like based in Seattle and is like a very large membership, but it's like centered around like making money, Mm -hmm. doing financial stuff, playing stocks and doing yoga. (laughs) Yeah. I follow. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. So. Man. Yeah, I got I got a good nose for Cessna cults. Maybe it was being raised Catholic. Then I'm just like, look, if I'm going to do one of these, I'm just going to return to the church. Part part of me was thinking that you were going to tell this story about uh, almost being tricked into joining the cult, and at the end, she was just like a Mormon or something. <laughs> no, <laughs> like, yeah, eh, not wrong. But um, I my my big thing recently has been making fun of the uh, Protestant offshoot religions, calling them protcucks. <laughs> and uh, just joking about how if, if I'm going to become religious, I'm just going to return to being Catholic. You have some of the most niche fucking running jokes I've ever heard in my life. Yeah. And it's, I mean, it's stuff that I don't, it only works because two of my cousins, one of them is like returned to being Catholic and I, I, he's not overly aggressive about it, but he will be like, Hey, check out this Bible verse and like, tell me what you think about it. And mm-hmm. I think he's just doing it because he and I usually have fun conversations, but the other guy's like, you know, a total Catholic weirdo where he doesn't even believe in the Pope. And there, there's a special oh, wow. term for like American Catholics that don't like the Pope, but yeah. it is just, it is just one of those things that I just picked it up from hearing them make fun of Protestants and being like, Oh, I, I bet this person's some sort of fucking weird prot cuck. And so <laughs> yeah, it's, it, it's influenced humor, but anyways, yeah, um, this is like our third tangent. We enough. <laughs> and there. Uh, so the the seance scene I think really does work, yeah. and the seance scene they do at the house uh, is pretty spooky. Yeah, I guess I, I things ratchet up at that point. Yeah, yeah, and that's that's about an hour fifteen minutes in. I feel, mm-hmm. and my notes around then are, man, even the family drama is pretty boring. Steve and Peter are the only relatable characters in this movie, and I really like the dynamic Steve and Peter have after the mom has the big blow up at dinner and she does the seance at home where it feels like Steve and Peter are just like, we need to get out of here. Yeah, we need like, to figure out what's going on. Especially after she starts talking, the voice was like, Oh, we've made a mistake in not getting her help earlier. Yeah. Like she's the one, two punch of her grandmother and her daughter is like, she cannot handle this. Kind of thing. Yeah. And I mean, from, from that point onward, the movie really does ratchet up. I think the last 20 minutes, like I've said, are just like, nuts it's event horizon the last 20 minutes (laughs) yeah it yeah it's a lot of these h24 movies are like this slow build into a huge kind of crescendo of an ending that's how the witch was that's how the lamb was Mm -hmm. um those two really stick out i think the witch is like famous for it because the whole time you're watching the witch you're just like is satan real yeah like is there witchcraft in this and then yeah and it's the same with this one which is it's yeah you're just like is are these events actually happening or are we getting the perspective of the mom and like we're being led by a, a bad narrator who's just yeah. insane and it's like going to cut to like steve and peter being like we got to institutionalize her and it's going to be like them eating spaghettios cold <laughs> uh and you know mom's in a, a home somewhere and they're just like Oof, good thing we got rid of her yeah she so has no idea how to cook <laughs> And like trash is piled up behind them. No one's taking that out. The laundry's filthy. <laughs> so yeah, the last the last couple, you know, 20 or so minutes, the scares do 
come. I didn't think the one scene of like the mom being in the corner is that scary, but I feel like that mm. gets spoiled in the trailer for the movie. Oh yeah, I could see that. So it's like you already know it's going to happen eventually in the film, and so like every time it cuts to him in bed, you're just like waiting for you're like is she up there? Yeah. Do I is see her? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I uh, I I hate it in when trailers spoil things like that because especially in movies like this where the like the scary stuff happens at the very end because yeah. this movie is like mostly a relationship long. drama yeah and i just it, there were some other things about the scares towards the end that just didn't work that she's like flying and it's mm-hmm. just like okay so paimon is this superpower demon that gives his uh followers flight yep. like come on so some some of that just felt like a little too out of place. And like, I would have accepted like possession or that just pretty much anything other than like the gift of flight. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I, that's, yeah, that's fair. I, I see you're coming from that. I, I think it does it like it, it's going for kind of big at the end there where it's just almost over the top. Um, I guess like the moment where they're, Steve ignites is where it's supposed to be like, whoa, this is yeah. way more real than I than we were sp- supposed to think. Yeah, that no, that was a cool scene. I like that scene yeah. where Steve catches on fire. The mom thinks she's going to kill herself by yeah. dousing the book in lighter fluid and throwing it on there. Actually, you no, know I think that was a scene that was spoiled for me in the trailer. Oh, okay. like I, yeah, I, I remember seeing her like standing next to a flaming person, and like so that whole build up, like that I. Th- if I hadn't known that, I feel like that would have been the perfect tense scene with a great twist at the end. Cause it does feel like she's making a sacrifice. And then like the horror of Steve suddenly just uh, uh, exploding. Um, the scene, the scene that really got me is when Peter finds Steve down there yeah. and there's, you can see the naked guy in the closet. Mm-hmm. That's, you know, the same dude from the funeral. You can see mom, mm-hmm. like, you know, uh, flying up in the corner and then, you know, Steve's a desperate escape to the attic only to find like more weird naked people there. Yeah. Or and uh, his mom, sorry, Peter. Just, yeah. 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 Sawing off her own head. Which yeah. Is... That, that was a scene that I put a note down that said, uh, actually terrifying yeah. when he, he realizes his mom's cutting off her head with piano wire. Mm-hmm. Uh, she levitates. Yeah. That part, that is a scary image that I think works really. I, I, think the ending is maybe why this movie uh kind of stands so strong in my head like it because like there's all this build up and then like the the ending is a bunch of shit that i haven't seen before or i mean or like it the way it's presented yeah is, is kind of new and fresh to me it just yeah it just felt like event horizon in a lot of ways yeah. where it's like the movie has some crazy scenes throughout it and then towards the end it's like everything's ratcheted up you know, we're getting the you won't need eyes where we're going. Yeah. Is is Event Horizon our new benchmark? No. <laughs> we're comparing everything to. No, but I mean that that is a movie that I don't I don't know why, but it just really like stuck out to me with how a lot of the crazy scenes go with like to everyone, you know, there's demons and a cult and everyone's insane and like we love it. Yeah. So what what do you think? Um, how do you think you would have done in this movie? Do you think you would have made it? Uh, yeah. So if, if my uh, mother was trying to like destroy my life from the grave, um, yeah, I don't. I don't think I would do too hot. Uh, honestly, 
I feel like I would ignore, we talk about this a lot where like we would ignore the supernatural shit. And then this movie, like it's not something where like I ignore it and it goes away. It's like, I, I'm just going to end up sawing my own head off, <laughs> but like, but like a week earlier than it happens in this movie. <laughs> um yeah i felt like as soon as the supernatural stuff started to happen as soon as mom was like we got to do a seance I'd be like all right uh dad we need to commit mom yeah we're, we're not doing this, this I, would, not- I, I would not play reindeer games with the seance i'd be like we're leaving <laughs> yeah we're not we'll, we're not we'll gonna be this family <laughs> yeah we'll see you at christmas and thanksgiving <laughs> yeah um i think i I think I would have done okay. I mean, if things ratcheted up to the very end events, um, I probably would have tried to fight the cultists instead of just uh, jumping out the window and killing myself, which is like a pretty lame move on Peter's part. I would have been like, all right, you guys want to fight naked? I'll get naked too. We can do this. <laughs> you know, uh, Start press our, yourself. What about press this our guy? new bods yeah, together. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, that would have been my go-to is I would have tried to fight them. I think if, if yeah. I was in that scene. And they seem pretty old. You might have you might have done all right for a while, yeah. Yeah. So step one, commit mom instead of doing seance. And uh, yeah. if if for some reason she does the seance herself or whatever, summons demons. Uh, step two would be fight the demons, mm-hmm. probably listening to the Doom soundtrack. Yeah. <laughs> I, I was gonna say, much like Peter, you might uh, high school. You was probably high pretty often. Yeah. Uh, so. High school I, me would have for sure been down to fight naked old people. Too. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm like twenty percent sure I'm dreaming right now. So let's do it, man. Let's fucking do it. Yeah, high school me had to do a lot of stuff with the Catholic Church, and I was ready to put the pain on some old people after all the volunteer work I did for them. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of uh, high school and getting high, the the scene at the party where he thinks he's about to go like smoke with that with the cute girl he likes all by himself and then he walks in the room and she's just like peter's got weed and there's a whole bunch of people there that's, like the disappointment on his face like oh that's brutal man that's you just volunteered your weed oh that's a classic setup i like to think everyone's been there at least once yeah where you're just like all right cool this cute girl is into me i got some bud she wants <laughs> to smoke and then you yeah her roommates are there and they're just like I hope you got enough weed for all of us, bro. Yeah. And you're just like, oh, cool, man. What is this? They're already Soviet high, Russia? but they're like, yeah, yeah. more weed? Sweet, sweet. <laughs> Am I going to get to a fucking gulag if I don't have enough weed for all of you? Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, they want all your weed, but they don't have enough Mountain Dew to share. Of course not. No, they drank it all already. <laughs> so, yeah, um, like I said, I this movie just, to me, it didn't work on a lot of levels. It's mm-hmm. like, I feel like this is a common complaint I've had where I, I'll say a movie's technically good. You know, I like the sets. I like the characters. The acting was good in some of the scenes that like are supposed to be important and impactful, but just, I think I'm just over the A24 style where yeah. it's like, if you've seen enough of their movies, you really kind of know the general beats their films are going to take where it's like midsummer, where it's like everything seems normal in this weird Swedish cult. And then it's like, Oh, it, the old people kill themselves. And yeah. we're going to skin your boyfriend alive because he doesn't ask you about how your day at work was or whatever. <laughs> yeah, so, I I mean, obviously, this was early on in, in kind of their their cycle. So I think it does set the trend a little bit. 
Um, but it's it's definitely one of those movies where I feel like you kind of have to know what level you're or like what what it's going to be like going in. Not saying and I'm not saying that you you didn't know that, and I, I think you have some valid criticisms. But um, I w- go ahead. Uh, but yeah, I I I still I still think this movie is is great and very well constructed. And it, each time I watch it, I uh, I, I think like Tony Collette is fucking captivating in this movie and gives an incredible performance and i think that uh, i i like i don't mind just watching uh that character unravel for a while until like shit gets real yeah and it feels weird or lame to give a recommendation on this film after we've just talked about it but i would say if you like a24 movies this is one worth watching if you're kind of on the fence about a24 maybe give it a spin or maybe check out Halloween instead that we're <laughs> yeah. going to be talking about next. Yeah. If, if you've seen one of these before and, and didn't like it, I don't think this one's going to change your mind, but uh, I, I think it's worth watching. So now I'm curious, sure. what is, what is your favorite a 24 movie? Oh, that's a good question. It might be this one, honestly. Uh, I'd have to look over a list, but I, was the well, the witch was them too, right? Yeah, yeah, and, I, and I, I wasn't sold on that one too much. I, I would have really liked the witch if it ended and there was no like Satan wasn't real. Yeah, <laughs> if it was just the family had slowly gone insane in the woods and like killed themselves. Yeah, that uh, might have been. Interesting, I feel like yeah. that. I, I feel like that would have been a way better ending for that movie mm-hmm. versus being like which witches are real. They yeah, really killed your family. No, no ambigu- ambiguity in that. Yeah, just this is what happened. I but, like. I liked Green Knight a lot. I think that's maybe my favorite movie, but I think that's one they only did distribution on. Hmm. Yeah, I, I we talked about Green Knight recently, but I, I really enjoyed that one too. Um, and yeah, it's it's not really in the mold of these other horror movies, but uh, I think it's very well done. Mm-hmm. And Midsummer is one I've seen twice. I saw the original cut and then I saw the director's cut. And the director's cut is better, but I still... Yeah. It's still just the twist ending where it's like, oh, this is like a crazy Swedish death cult. Uh, just didn't didn't work for me. And I think it would have been more fun if like the cult had been fine and normal, and it was like these outsider kids that were like the problem. But yeah, yeah. <clears throat> Anyways, we well when we get to Midsummer someday, yeah. we can we can dive into it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. We keep teasing it. So, any other thoughts or statements you want to make before we wrap this one up? Uh, I don't think so. I. Yeah, I I think this is just a rock solid movie, but I I can certainly understand how it does not appeal to everyone, including your stupid stupid face. Twists, we're mad at each um, other. Yeah, I, I I don't know about you. Do you ever sometimes wonder if you just have really bad taste in movies? I get that sometimes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And it's I wonder funny. that I wonder that about you all the time. Honestly, I <laughs> since since I've started to log more and more of my movies and like updated my own personal spreadsheets to letterbox, it's like mm-hmm. very funny that I'll show my letterbox to people that are also very into movies and be like, no, your taste in movies are like, you know, at, everyone has a couple bad movies they love. Yeah. Everyone. Right. Yeah. And, but it's the I, I don't my taste isn't like abhorrent. And so mm-hmm. it is like nice to have that little bit of reality check sometimes where you're just like, okay, maybe I'm not crazy for not liking this movie. <laughs> yeah no I, I and i mean i think you're you're very uh open to the interpretation of the movie you're not like dismissing it so i i i, I definitely get what, where you're coming from and why it maybe didn't connect with you so I, my i can't my, say that you're wrong 
my closing question to you is what is a bad movie that you love? Oh shit. There's so many. Uh, the room is a movie I could watch so frequently. I, we watch it every year on Valentine's day. Uh, it's very romantic to us. Um, yeah. Uh, and besides that, I'd say the apple uh, from, I think it's 1980 uh, is uh, just a rock, rock solid musical. Good time of, terrible terrible movies i love gladiator and i feel like it does not age well (laughs) (laughs) it's like that's the opposite end of the spectrum but the the problem is is i feel like a lot of people when it came out really liked it but i feel like the movie now has like kind of a bad reputation i think it won best picture it was so did crash yeah no no, i'm not not saying that that doesn't (laughs) the king's speech yeah yeah i'm I'm not i'm not saying that's any kind of Mark I've heard it. a lot of people recently like shitting on the movie and saying it's like a bad, a bad frat boy movie, but it is like, there are a lot of cheesy scenes and lines in it that I think are really like just resonate with 13 year old me or however old yeah. I was when I first saw that movie. The other movie that's like that for me is 13th warrior. There are, so many, one. there are so many things in that movie that don't make sense. Antonio Banderas being a Muslim. And it's <laughs> yeah, like, it's from that time. Um. <laughs> but it's just like it, the the movie does not take itself serious at any point. Mm. The movie, I think, the whole time was like looking at you, like winking and nodding, like ah, eh, pretty yeah. good. <laughs> this uh, is fun, right? This is fun. Yeah, but the the movie, like as a whole, really does work. And like by the end of it, uh, when you kind of get to some of the final deaths, the character deaths of the thirteen warriors in the group, they do hit with you more emotionally than what you think. But mm. I also think it's a movie that I think appeals way more to. Uh, guys that like fantasy and video games than it does like anyone else. I feel like if you're, if you spent your teen years uh, playing Diablo two 13th warrior is like one of your all time favorites. (laughs) But if you were like a normal teen that I I don't know, talk to a girl at some point. Yeah. Yeah. Rode bikes at 13 or whatever (laughs) normal teens did. uh, You do not connect with 13th warrior that much. (laughs) And then teen wolf, but that's like a, Gotta slip one in every week. That's All a right. triggering. That's a triggering we're, word for we're you. Done. So. I'm done with yeah. this. But um, thank you for listening. Next yep. week we are going to be covering Halloween, so make sure you give that one a listen. Original Halloween, 1978 Halloween. Mm-hmm. That's right. And uh, yeah, thanks for listening to the Horus with your hosts, Walter and Kevin. Thanks. <laughs>